Dr. John Dacey, and this is my first weekly podcast on new solutions to the anxiety epidemic. In the future, I will explain the causes of the eight types of anxiety, why they do what they do to us, and how we can learn new ways to control them. I know what I'm talking about, as I have been diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder myself, the most serious of the eight types. I will use a variety of formats in this podcast, one-on-one interviews with sufferers and also with other experts, as well as talks of my own based on over 50 years of psychothera- as a psychotherapist, professor of developmental psychology, and anxiety researcher and author. If you have an anxiety problem or care about someone who does, I feel certain I can help. For today, I offer you this, why we can't just relax. My father used to scold me for my fearfulness. He used to say, why do you give in to your nerves? Why don't you just relax? Sound familiar? Most people simply don't get it. The 40 million of us who live with anxiety disorders in the United States can't just relax. I've worked with hundreds of sufferers, and whether they have generalized anxiety, a specific phobia, or any one of the other six types of anxiety, their frustration is the same. I know, because I've been in the woods myself, and I know how they feel. In the U.S. alone, where the percentage of adult anxiety cases used to be around 16% of the population, the incidence rate of those with a diagnosable level of discomfort has now risen to 28.7%, most of them women. Are most adult victims really female? I am certain the answer is no. Unfortunately, many males have been taught that being scared is unmanly. As a result, they try to tough it out, also called white-knuckling it. They drink too much or succumb to some other addiction. I personally know about alcoholism, too. I decided 30 years ago that I needed to stop drinking. More on that subject later. Most anxieties not only are irrational, the types those cause mainly in the cortex of the brain, many are also irrational. That is, much of the perceived threat originates in the amygdala, the so-called old brain, and is unconscious. Therefore, rationality cannot play any part We can reason with ourselves all we like. It's just not going to work. Here's an example of what I mean. This is the story of one of my patients, which I have altered to protect her identity. I call... No, that's fine. Parachuting over Greenland. Maria Bahia was flying to the U.S. from England and had reached the halfway point over Greenland when she suffered a terrible panic attack, her first ever The junior executive was a specialist in annuities at Steel Securities in Chicago and had bid at an international conference in London. There, she was introduced to a somewhat older woman, Anita Casteros, who also worked at Steel in human resources. 
The two colleagues had devoted hours to bemoaning the prejudice they believed their co-workers had had against Latinas. Maria in particular felt that her boss, Tom Boyle, was a racist and a misogynist. They agreed to meet again when they got back home to discuss what could be done about their mutual concerns. Their company had afforded them first-class tickets for the trip, and they decided to make a seat switch so they could talk more about the company's management. Three hours after takeoff, they had enjoyed a fairly decent meal. Anita, who was sitting on the window seat, asked to be excused to go to the restroom. As she made it to the aisle, her heel caught on the strap of her handbag, expelling some of the contents. She didn't notice, though, and made her way to the front of the plane. Bending to pick up the spilled contents, Maria was appalled to, the, to spot the identity badge Anita had never worn. Anita Casteros, PhD, Vice President, Human Resources. Oh my God, Maria thought, what have I done? She realized immediately that she had been telling a high-level executive in the company what she didn't like about it. She was certain she would be fired for having a negative attitude. If she had had a parachute and could have opened the plane's door, she was positive she would have used it. Even though in that airplane she had plenty of space and air around her, Maria nevertheless felt she couldn't breathe. Naturally, she was desperate to escape, but there was no escaping. What could she do? Would she have jumped if she had had the chance? Probably not. But I am sure she desperately wanted to be anywhere but on that plane. She felt trapped. She felt claustrophobic. And based on my personal experience and on sessions with my many clients, I have come to believe that claustrophobia is at the core of most anxiety. One time when I was talking with my anxious about my anxious feelings with my mother, from whom I inherited the proclivity, she told me a story. When I was an infant, she was asked, she was taking me for a ride around the block in my baby carriage and ran into a friend. They had talked for only a minute or two when Mom glanced over and could not see me. Quickly she lifted the pillow on which I had been lying and discovered me, blue-faced and hardly breathing. She said, I am willing to bet that was the beginning of your phobias. If you have inherited the genes that provide you with a nervous personality and you experience something like I did in my carriage, the chances are you're going to have an anxiety disorder. And please remember, it's not your fault. Now, however, there is excellent news for adult anxiety sufferers. In just the last two years, scientists have established new information about anxiety responses in the brain. Stay tuned. I'll tell you about these findings soon, but first you will need me to explain some more aspects of anxiety. I will. 